The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia for this Tuesday, March 14th in Hong Kong, Monday, March 13th in New York. And coming up today... Bond prices soar, bank shares tumble as the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank reverberates through markets. The Fed is launching an internal probe of its supervision of Silicon Valley Bank. HSBC buys SVB's British unit and HSBC will inject about $2 billion of liquidity. Presidents Zelensky and Xi setting up their first meeting since the invasion of Ukraine. A terrorist avoids a death penalty in New York, while the leaders of Australia and England are in San Diego working on a sub deal. I'm Dan Schwartzman. I'll have the news coming up. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Doug Krisner. And I'm Brian Curtis. Here are the stories we're following today. The Fed said it's launching an internal review of its supervision and regulation of Silicon Valley Bank and the failure last week. The review will be led by Vice Chair for Supervision, Michael Barr, and will be publicly released by the 1st of May. Questions about who was at fault in the collapse surfaced quickly after regulators were forced to take action on Sunday evening. We heard from Better Market CEO Dennis Kelleher, who was critical of the Fed. We have to figure out how the Federal Reserve supervisors could have failed so flagrantly here. We don't yet know why. What we do need is a complete, thorough, independent investigation of the Federal Reserve supervisors here. The Federal Reserve just announced that the Vice Chair for Supervision is going to conduct an investigation of itself. The Fed cannot investigate itself. We need an outside, independent investigator who will look at this objectively and really get to the bottom of it. Biden administration officials are also scrutinizing the quality of supervision undertaken by the California state authorities as, and also the San Francisco Fed. And earlier, President Biden offered more reassurance that he would seek stronger regulation for the banks. We described a moment ago this dramatic sell-off in many of the regional bank stocks today, despite that new backstop introduced late yesterday by the Treasury, the Fed, and the FDIC. Well, now a key lender to regional banks is raising billions of dollars. We have that from Bloomberg's Ann Cates. The U.S. system of federal home loan banks is ramping up the amount of cash it has available after the collapse of lenders, including Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. That is bolstering expectations that more regional lenders will need to come to it for funds. Bloomberg is reporting that FHLB has raised close to $89 billion through the sale of short-term notes. The bond sale signals banks are going to continue tapping their lines with FHLB this week, ahead of possible contagion fears after depositors last week made a run on SVB, leading to its failure. In Washington, Ann Kate's Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. 
And as you heard, the turmoil in SVB and other banks has caused a a swift reassessment over the direction of Fed policy. Swaps traders are now pricing in a roughly 50 percent chance that the Fed will hike by another quarter percentage point later this month. Former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers said this is still appropriate. There's no reason why a decision does have to be made uh, today. And I think as much as has ever been the case in my memory, this is a time when the Fed needs to keep its fingers on the pulse of the economy and make uh, judgments only as only at the moment when they have to be made and on the basis of all the available data. Summers added that further financial shocks are likely and the Fed will need to see how events play out. The Fed will hold its next policy meeting March 21st. Meantime, anxiety is running a little high ahead of tomorrow's report on consumer prices here in the U.S. and what those data points may mean for Fed policy. Here's a preview from Bloomberg's Michael McKee. Already important CPI data will play an even bigger role on Wall Street. Following the collapse of Silicon Valley and Signature Banks, investors began repricing Fed rate hikes. Last week, they anticipated four more, a total of 1%. Now, just one move is baked in, and by a small margin, as traders bet concern about the banking system will outweigh worries about inflation. But the Fed can't stop worrying about inflation. And if we get a hot print for February, markets will likely reprice again. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. HSBC has purchased the British arm of Silicon Valley Bank. The UK government cleared the way for this transaction. The bank was given an exemption over rules that do not allow complicated corporate customers to be housed with ring-fenced banks. City Minister Andrew Griffiths spoke about the deal earlier with Bloomberg. The government's interests were to get a quick conclusion to this, to protect depositors, uh, to allow the really important firms in the tech and biotech sector uh, to go about their great work of building the UK economy from this morning, protect the taxpayers' interests, uh, and also uh, this outcome delivers a good benefit to UK financial services with HSBC uh, headquartered in the UK, one of Europe's largest banks, standing fully behind uh, SVB UK Bank. Separately, HSBC said it's planning to inject $2.4 billion of liquidity into SVB's UK division. The bank also didn't clarify whether it would run its new acquisition as a standalone division or keep the SVB brand. I'm Brian Curtis, along with Doug Krisner. Doug, so the big story today is, is the Fed will investigate its supervision of Silicon Valley Bank. And it really brings up a lot of interesting aspects here. So the Fed will probe its own supervision of the bank and also state regulators in California. Two, as a matter of course, it will look at um, the bank's internal management. Three, uh, inevitably, this will... This will take into consideration the 450 basis points of hiking that the Fed has done. There's mm. absolutely no, no doubt about that. And then fourthly, I think, since an inquiry is underway, it may give, and I have to say may, it may give justification to a pause in rates to consider the long and variable lag of all these hikes that they've done. Well, a pause, I don't know about that. You could be right, although Double Line Capital's Jeff Gunlock was saying today he is expecting the Fed to mark the last rate hike for the year at next week's meeting. He was uh, talking to CNBC today and saying anything higher than 25 basis points could damage the Fed's credibility. Inflation, as we know, Brian, is still a problem. And to go Mm -hmm. back to the point that Mike McKee was just making there, that's why the CPI data tomorrow is so critical. 
Yeah, I mean, we often say that the Fed will tighten until something breaks. Um, something has now broken. Mm. Three, three banks have gone bust. Uh, so, you know, I think it may be that this is determined that it's management at the banks and not the fault of higher interest well, rates. Um, but but uh, it may it may be that, uh, you know, that what the Fed has done is just overwhelmed a lot of smaller banks. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's something we can't know at this moment. I was looking at the we had a story on the Bloomberg Terminal that Charles Schwab, similar to SVB, has a large investment securities portfolio and significant paper losses in Held to maturity books. This is a very similar situation. In the last three trading days, Schwab shares are down 32 percent. Yeah, that was quite extraordinary. Um, I was I was having a look at them earlier uh, today, and uh, you know I thought that they might get a bounce after what we saw, you know, the actions taken by the Fed. But it turned out not to be the case. In today's action alone, down 12 percent. And, and how about First Republic Bank down 62 percent? Yeah, painful. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. It is time for global news. A big submarine deal being finalized in San Diego. Dan Schwartzman has details in the New York newsroom. Dan. Yeah, Brian, British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak meeting with President Biden and Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese in San Diego earlier today to unveil a plan for a new fleet of nuclear-powered submarines for Australia. President Biden talking about the pact between the three allies. Australia and the United Kingdom are two of America's most stalwart and capable allies. Our common values, our shared vision, a more peaceful and prosperous future, unite us all across the Atlantic and Pacific. The plan is for the U.S. to sell as many as five Virginia-class subs to Australia, who will also be building a next-generation sub together with England called the SSN AUKUS. That starts in 2027. The U.S. and England will be deploying a rotating force of subs with Australian sailors and workers embedded on those subs for training. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky and Chinese President Xi Jinping plan on speaking by video link after she is expected to visit Moscow next week. Ukraine and China have not had direct talks since Russia's invasion last February. U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan says a meeting between Ukraine and China is a good idea. It would potentially bring more balance and perspective to the way that the PRC is approaching this. Uh, and we hope it would continue to dissuade them from choosing to provide lethal assistance to Russia, which is obviously something that we have warned about. China has been trying to position itself as a peace broker in the conflict, even offering up a 12-point plan to end hostilities back at the end of February. According to the Stockholm International Peace Research Institute, Russian arms sales fell the last five years, including the war, by 31% from the previous five years. The world's second largest arms exporter is expected to prioritize producing weapons for its own military after taking heavy losses in Ukraine rather than for export. Russia's pending orders have also declined as sales have fallen from 
for eight of their top 10 clients. Despite objections from environmentalist groups, President Biden authorizing the ConocoPhillips Willow Project to drill for oil in northwest Alaska. The company will be permitted to drill three different locations with an estimated return of 180,000 barrels of oil per day. Biden had campaigned on a pledge to block new drilling on public lands as well as invest in clean energy. Terrorist Saifulo Saipov has avoided the death penalty after a jury deadlocked and instead will receive life in prison. The Uzbekistan native killed eight people and injured around a dozen more after driving a rented pickup truck down a bike path on the west side of Manhattan, aiming to hit as many people as possible. Saipov was convicted of terror-related crimes in federal court back in January and needed a unanimous jury to have been sentenced to death. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. I'm Dan Schwartzman, and this is Bloomberg. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis here in Hong Kong. And our guest is Sylvia Jablonski, co-founder, CEO and CIO at Defiance ETFs. Sylvia, this probe by the Fed is really important because it will get us the answer, hopefully, on whether or not this is a supervisory or regulatory problem or whether it's an internal management problem or if it's, you know, something sort of out of those hands and into the monetary side of the Fed's hands, which is that, you know, the 450 basis points uh, overwhelmed a lot of people. And this is an example of that. Just if you, you know, looking into your crystal ball, what do you think sums up the story? Well, I think, you know, if you if you look at some of the different issues that have that have come along, whether it's Silvergate or Signature Bank or, or you know, now SVB, I think what we have now is a lot of uncertainty in the market and amongst investors that, you know, there could be perhaps some sort of um, systematic failure or larger issue than just these, you know, three um, strings of banks. And I think that the investigation will be really helpful to clear that up for investors and, and sort of what the Fed does in the backstop of essentially, you know, sort of own, own balances and, and helping out depositors and, and whether or not that sort of works and we move along from this and, and this gets cleaned up it is really key to the, the future of the market in the near term. Um, in terms of the, the next Fed hike, I think it's you know, it's tricky. I think we have that next inflation read tomorrow. And if it's hotter than it than it should be, I, I think the, the Fed almost has to do something, right? But it feels like 50 bips should be off the table because now you have these, um, you know, real big concerns uh, in yeah. terms of a string of bank failures being a bigger problem than, than you know, year-long inflation battle. I think if there was no inquiry, a pause would look like panic from the Fed. Um, and 50 just seems, <laughs> you know, it seems like it's, like you said, just, just too much. But, but now that you have the inquiry underway, um, does it give the Fed some justification on the monetary side to say, let's pause until May 1st and we can see uh, what the uh, supervisory side of the Fed determines here as the root cause? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's also, in my mind, that's actually the explanation for why 25, right? Because I think, you know, the market was largely pricing in 50 after the after the hotter inflation reads and jobs numbers that we've already seen. So I think if anything, this sort of emboldens the Fed to do 25 and then and talk, you know, more dovishly and, and, and sort of the, not the excuse, but the rationale will be because we have to figure this out and ensure that, you know, all of the rate hikes we've already done aren't putting stress on all of the regional banks. And when we come to the conclusion that it is, you know, a couple of bad actors or a few bad, you know, policy decisions or management decisions that led to this, I think I think that opens things up for the Fed to keep working on inflation. But, you know, I think it's tough for 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 him to sort of go to zero and say, 
this is what we're going to do and we're going to hold off because, you know, prior to, to SVB that, you know, inflation was a, a, a grand issue for the Fed. So um, I think it's just it'll be part of the rhetoric. Sylvia, no doubt you've been looking at and thinking about um, what does it mean when we say the long and variable lag of monetary policy, raising interest rates? Um, is this is this it? I mean, is this an example? You know, I certainly hope not. This definitely was not something. Um, this definitely was not something that was on our our, our, our radars um, in terms of this essentially crank, crushing you know a banking system. But if you sort of start to think about this and 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 you put it all into perspective, you know, of course, investors are starting to pull deposits and they're looking at money markets because they pay higher rates and different types of products. And you know, if you have this situation where you know banks can't be profitable when interest rates are high, which is sort of the classic time that they are profitable, I, I think, you know, does put strain on the banking system. And then it further puts strain when you, you see these types of events on the consumer and consumer spending. Consumers are going to hold on to their cash a little bit tighter. And I think that this is sort of an unintended consequence of, of Fed hikes. And not to mention that, you know, I, I, I've sort of been looking at the data and, you know, it's hard to argue that jobs aren't hot and things like this, but, you know, it, it is coming downward, right? And, and I don't think it was expected that it would be linear. And if you look at different parts of the parts of the market, we've seen rolling recessions. And if you see things like, you know, sort of real estate and goods and things like that, inventories are are, are sort of sharpening up and the supply demand issue is sharpening up. And, and you know, so, so I think the rate hikes have worked in a lot of parts of the market. So, um, you know, in six to 12 months, it's there, there is a risk that, that this yeah. slows us down and we, we get some sort of soft landing or, or maybe harder landing if the banking um, issue continues. Well, we have three banks that failed. So it shows you that there's something going on there. Yeah. And they, they look like uh, slightly different reasons, too. Uh, if, you, if we look at Silicon Valley Bank, if, if the main aspect here is that they held long-term treasuries, uh, and, you know, the, those treasuries were not worth what they would be worth at maturity if you sold them now and they needed cash now. Therefore, there was this this out of sync kind of positioning by by the management. If, if we look at that, I mean, there's a lot of companies out there. You know, you look at these companies like Apple and others that have maybe, uh, you know, a hundred billion dollars on their balance sheet held in treasuries. Now, they don't need the capital right now, so nobody would ever know what those mark-to-market values are. Um, so it, it, you wonder whether or not this ultimately comes back to just the pure management of the bank. Yeah, and if you look at the if you look at the three different situations and and sort of observe them, you know, we only have so much information that we can analyze here. But you have one bank that largely catered to VCs that have, you know, perhaps these brilliant ideas. You have high risk potentially for high reward, but you also have, you know, the, the odds are actually against you that you have a new business succeed, right? So so much of who they were lending to um, was a big risk, right? And and perhaps prone to prone to blow up in some sense. And then with Signature Bank, you know, they took another kind of hefty risk, right? Because they they positioned themselves as, as a crypto bank. And, and then so they gathered all of those assets and Bitcoin fell and then there's instability in that system. So it, it seems like we can, you know, give the sort of end to this story, right? This bank was managed poorly because they didn't diversify their risk. And then this bank yeah. was managed poorly because they didn't diversify their risk. But we have to see, you know, really where that plays because the performance yeah. of the regional banks and even a Schwab, um, things like that are, they're, they're pretty scary. And I think we need some answers to to feel, you know, kind of more at ease about going back into um, those types of investments. Isn't it interesting? Well, anyway. 
Isn't it interesting that Barney Frank, you know, one of the authors of Dodd-Frank, <laughs> uh, was on the board of Signature Bank and, and wasn't able to, yeah. you know, get out in front of this? Yeah, sure, sure was. I, uh, I, I had that same thought. And, you know, here we are talking about um, reinstituting a, a lot of, you know, what the sort of last administration got rid of for that reason. But that, yeah, yeah. That, that was... Um, you know, we have sh- short, short memories. <laughs> okay. What's your number one investment idea at the moment, given all we've talked about? Yeah. I mean, look, I, I'm always going to sort of say the same thing in, in this type of market. I think when you have these market pullbacks, it's a great opportunity to, to, to create wealth and generate wealth. You have to have the stomach for it. The risk is that these stocks will go down further. But if you're thinking out into the next three, four or five years of innovation, you know, AI is a huge trend. Um, look at quantum stocks, machine learning, AI types of stocks. I think for investors that are in this for the longer haul beyond 2024, yep. everything is on sale now. And look, I, I wouldn't be opposed to putting some banks on my on my uh, mm. in, in my account. You know, some some JP Morgan. You know, some some of these yeah, banks but- that are going to benefit from investors moving deposits. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.